Hello and welcome back to the Fitcast Extra, episode 35, as always, joined by Sporting Panda. How are you doing, mate, this week? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm jumping in. I want to catch you on the back foot here and I want you to, oh, I want to see, this is just a quick 20 second challenge to see if you can name one three out of five Spice Girls. Uh, I can't. No. Okay, that's fine. There was a question that I saw come through for the podcast today and I thought, surely one of the biggest girl bands of the 90s, Girl Power, you know, they've been very successful since. I thought you might be able to name a few, but obviously no. not. So no, um, no, 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 we won't dwell on that. So, um, I'm all right. I've had a bit of a tummy issue this week. It's been in the household. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Touch of rumour of E. coli, the bacteria. Um, well, what exactly is it? Well, I don't know. As I mean, the biologist you are. Yeah. Essentially, salmonella and E. coli are forms of bacteria. Uh, which are kind of hostile and can cause issues, you know, like gastrointestinal issues, so mm-hmm. upset tummy, things like that. So, um, yeah, you. Well, actually, I don't know how much detail to go into for the poor listeners, really. But uh, a member of the household uh, provided a sample to the GP, tested for it, and uh, it can be quite contagious. So, um, but I think for me, it's been a milder strain. So, touch and go today. But I thought, Damn. you know, I must be here because otherwise, there would be conspiracy theories of like, you know, oh, well, Sancho's not coming, so he's not turned up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be next week, won't it? <laughs> that'll be next week. <laughs> I'm MIA or AWOL, absent without leave. As the, I think that's an army phrase. But uh, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm okay. So that's the long story short. I'm good. And you're okay? I always look forward to a Thursday. I'm going to chat to you. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm all right. I've been, uh, you know, for all the listeners wondering about my ankle recovery, this has been the first week of exercise. <laughs> Oh, since the golf ball swollen ankle. Uh, it was horrible. I'd yeah. call it more of an orange-sized inflammation. Oh, um, I mean, you, you've personally seen, seen pictures. It's, it's I have. not good. Not I good. mean, it was it's, it was extremely a, swollen. It was a touch over the top. I mean, I remember telling you Fuck about when, no. I, when I jumped off the rockery and uh, tweaked <laughs> my ankle. Um, I didn't go to A&E. Well, you know, I was I was advised by sports therapists that I trust to go get checked. So mm. forgive me, forgive me. But yeah, two runs. I'm in bouldering as well. I'm, I live quite near a climbing centre in London. Um, yeah, that my yeah. cousin, he's a he's a bouldering fanatic. Yeah, and he was like, "Come on down. You live near now. Why don't we go?" So I cycled over. So I guess that's a bit more exercise. And I I did that. And now I can't um I can't like move my hands and my forearms. Yeah, are really, yeah, really, yeah. When I really used... in pain. Have you ever done? Chin-ups or pull-ups? Yes. <laughs> and do you know the difference between the two? Uh, I don't think yes. You... Right, go on then. <clears throat> so pull-up is when your hands, so your your like knuckles are facing you. A yeah. chin-up, did you just say, or a pull-up? Uh, that's, that's, that's a pull-up. Ah, now I, I disagree and uh, we might... Really? I think a pull-up... So you think a chin-up is like when, you're, when, you're, when your fingers are towards you? A chin-up? To me, is when my fingers are facing each other, facing and my hands are facing each other. Like, oh, is it, like a, a pull up is when your hands are wider than your shoulders, like a wide grip pull up, uh-huh, and okay. your knuckles are facing you. Yeah. Whereas when your knuckles face either away from you, or the knuckles face kind of outside. Inwards. Uh, well, outside that that is a chin up, and I may yeah. I may well Google this, but that's by the by. But the, oh no, the, I knew there was a point to that. When I was quite heavily into that, I had a, a dabble at bouldering, 
uh, where there's a, there's a centre in Vauxhall in London, South mm. and uh, it's it's quite fun, you know. But yeah, it is good fun. It's yeah. expensive though. It's a, bit, a little bit too expensive. Quite a yuppie. Um, yeah, quite a yuppie thing, you know, like winter sports, bouldering. It, it's part of the kind of Clapham and um, yeah, all the that Brixton all. and the yuppie community. You know, all of, that stuff. A lot of trainee bankers, lawyers, and accountants do all of that. <laughs> um, so lots of um, moguls, hopefully. Yeah, the odd mogul. Yeah, um, t- tell me, Fig, just quickly, engagement level on the platform. <laughs> De- I'm sure. I mean, the podcast, get- if anyone's right. interested, has had yeah, its record on. month <laughs> by a mile. Wow. So. If I may say, long long live the downturn, Panda. I'm I'm consecutively breaking I mean, I, records month after month. I, I, mean, I don't think, for the record, that October will beat this month, September. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what did yeah, we have, like 60, 70 questions for today? But I, I guess mm, they're not positive questions. No, no. I mean, I, I used an, I used a, a wrestling example in a little while ago of indifference <laughs> being quite poisonous. Like, to me, passion is a good thing, whether that's really positive or quite negative. Um, and, you know, like Arsenal fan TV, sometimes when they lose, it used to be quite fun to log on and watch the reaction and, the, and you know, watch other people being upset. So, like, um, in, in a way, indifference is the worst kind of feeling. And um, that's what I was checking. How's your engagement levels been? How are you? I mean, slightly concerning. I'm probably not logging in as much, just to be completely transparent. I'd yeah. say I'm a touch disengaged with the app. Um, and I, I wonder if that's, wide felt i mean i've seen a few of those tweets on on twitter i think that's perfectly normal Mm, um mm. i i you know i actually personally don't i haven't been actively trading probably for the last month and a half like really in and out players quite a lot yeah um so for me i kind of know where my positions are and i think with i think since order books have come in really even from the the bid side i've understood that if there are opportunities, I will like get there and buy. But I kind of know the price points with the current current dividend standpoint, uh, you know, on offer. Yeah. Um, where I'd want to sell. So if the players aren't there, then I don't really want to sell unless you know a situation completely changes. Yeah, yeah. It, I wonder how whether you agree with this and whether any any people out there do. But I think the reality of COVID is is kind of hitting home with me in the sense that. When that hit, I think it sent shockwaves through quite, and I don't know this for a fact, but dare I say an inexperienced management team and it forced them into a decision and they created on the fly the buy side and then they uh, added in the sell side. And really that that's a different pathway to Labstack. And I wonder without COVID, if Labstack, which is your full order book, which shows you market depth. And I, I tweeted yesterday a photo of what yeah. I thought Labstack was going to look like. So that's your NASDAQ powered order books. Um, whether COVID, you know, forced them down this path and they've rushed Emmy out and the market makers aren't in place. And, you know, to me, I don't want to let them off the hook because it's been a challenging year, but, and they've made some interesting decisions, shall we say, but, I just think that, you know, yeah, the, the COVID impact is, is hitting home for me now. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to Labstack and, and that integration coming on board. And maybe that's why I'm disengaged because I'm waiting for that. Yeah, I I mean, I think I, I was talking to you, actually. I was, if you look at it in hindsight, and yeah. hindsight is 2020, when you think about, when I thought about 
all the books 24 months ago let's say rewind yeah, yeah. i always thought about a situation where fi would slowly remove themselves from the market that's it and that that liquidity that they offered would slowly be replaced by traders and market makers and i guess what they've done is that we now have a gap in in that right where yeah, well, we, do, you know, we do mate we do and and just to Oh, I hate a butting into you. It's because we've spoken so much over the last like six months or a year that we kind of interrupt each other, which is a healthy sign. But just to add into what you're saying, you know, I had a discussion with management at the trader panel last October when I was there, and it was stated very uh, matter of fact and emphatically to me that they wouldn't just literally cut yeah. cord and walk away. So I don't think they intended to do that. So you're right. So um... at the same time, though, we must also remember how we felt at that point in time during covid when no one could sell yes like i think yes that's also that's also the other side of a coin where like we were in a situation as traders where i remember you emphatically stating on the podcast and being like look i've got todd cantwell and i am actually very happy to sell him for 20 percent under his current buy yes good example and i i think what you know hindsight is 2020 but also people forget how they felt at certain points in time it's kind of like how Mm, mm. um i think one of the the bits of advice i used on the um the latest private podcast that we did for the patreon was you know next time a black sunday event comes right think about how you felt on black sunday and what you would have done differently and now that's not comparable and exactly the same but in the same way that right now we're frustrated with things and and kind of like you know the lack of uh, fi slowly reading themselves but at the time we couldn't sell players so fi were like well we don't know how long covid can go on for no and i think if they had their time again <sighs> they probably would have done the same do you think i wonder well because yeah. I, 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 I at the same before... time i don't think they expected the influx of money that they had from march to july no, what about twenty five million? Yeah, give or take, wasn't it? It was a very healthy period. It, yeah, I mean, it it got to a point where you're you're absolutely right. Todd Cantwell, one of my uh, <laughs> my worst trades of the year. I think I picked him up about two pound fifty or two pound seventy. But there was a point where I would have been very happy to take two pound twenty and sell him. So that that's a good example from you. I just wonder whether in in the middle of covid whether they thought you know what let's buckle down and let's wait for for nasdaq and the end of the year and let's launch it in a full fashion um but maybe they wouldn't have done as you say i mean you know hindsight's a wonderful thing and i was very happy with it at the time although i did think there would be more market makers signed up and part of the market that somewhat surprised me so you know i didn't have the full picture uh, with my excitement but you know I, I think it's been a difficult year as well. I mean, liquidity is a problem, but I have to say as well, there are some tweets out there and some opinions that, you know, let's flush out the weak hands and let's let's get rid of the weak hands and they were always going to leave anyway. And, you know, I get that, but I do think that's a touch harsh or naive because 2020 has been quite a rough year for the platform. When I say rough, maybe I, I should say tough. I mean, I when we first recorded our first ever extra show, I wasn't particularly happy with transfer dividends. And that was all the way back in January, wasn't it? And we said, wow, that, that's quite strange to introduce that with 14, 15 days left of the transfer window. And then we had the super match day dividends, which caused a lot of confusion 
on a Friday night, late release. I remember people scrambling and not quite grasping that. And then we had COVID, which was you know a stressful period. Instant sell was turned off. Then we had the buy side, a delay to sell side. We had goalkeepers, 30% dividends. There has been a lot of change this year. And, and for me, as someone that's been on the platform from 2018 and has been around gambling a lot, you know, it doesn't concern me too much, the ups and downs and the transitions. But you must see, Fig, for say a new user joined in 2020, January, this probably hasn't been a very fun year for them. <laughs> No, I mean... <laughs> it, it, it just hasn't. I mean, I don't think... I never thought the phrase trading announcements as opposed to footballers was going to... It would not become part of folklore. Yeah, not that it's <laughs> taken off, but it's been such a... Like, it, 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 what am I trying to say? It's crystallised. Like, it's, sure. it feels truer than ever that we're doing yeah. it. And but, that's but, not, uh, yeah. Some of those are reactionary and um necessarily to amend mistakes but some of those are just things that have had to happen right you know mb um yeah i didn't even uh, mention mb and then we had the adam cole q a and adam cole cole q a gonna change and then that yeah like there's been a lot right and obviously covid is yeah i mean covid like there's there's something that like everyone's had to deal with um yeah so, I mean, like, they had to react. So I, I put that under the bracket of a must piece of comms or must decision. Yes, um, yes. It, it's really tough because it's like, I do feel what you said about um, happy with, uh, shall I say it, called weak hands leaving is you you are between a rock and a hard place because i feel like at the moment the amount of money leaving the platform isn't great i think that um the mm. 1p thing while it masks it um is still it still doesn't take that much money to reduce those prices it doesn't so, at all the power uh, and the weighting is still massively on the on the seller side i mean it was crazily off before but it still is off and i yes. think the main issue we're seeing right now is well, I mean, just just before we go into that, because I think we're going to go into that kind of stuff in a minute. the The point about kind of like users leaving, I think we've been on record, or I've certainly been on record, that if order books came around and FI lost five to ten percent of their users, they'd actually be kind of content with that. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah, they'd yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and f- like. I don't, I, but, I, you know, my gut feeling is like that amount of users haven't left. I don't well, know what you what, think. Well, uh, maybe not that number. I'm struggling to put a percentage on that, but you're, you're right. I mean, look, I've got, I've got a presentation here that I wrote <laughs> myself and I shared with a couple of close friends back in, in February and it's called, uh, the power four and I've, uh, <laughs> I've got some charts. And anyway, when I talk about positive drivers of, of this strategy that I was going to implement, which part of it was going heavy on Sancho, I wrote, um, lacking, like no temptation to overtrade. Um, and then it gives me some order book implementation security. And what I mean by that is that I always thought once order books launched, even with the NASDAQ part, they were going to potentially alienate, um, some of your more recreational casual gamblers that didn't want to kind of go through the journey to that. So I always knew we were going to have some like turnover of customers. I just didn't expect it to be launched quite in this manner. And I didn't expect the lack of market making. And I didn't expect 
how many people have left. You know, of, you know, there's no doubt about it. I've misread this situation, you know, heavily. I mean, it, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If I could go back, I probably would have held a bigger cash balance because I'd love to be, you know, cleaning up a lot of these prices lower down. Um, but, you know, I was fairly heavily invested before the order book launch. So I didn't have a huge cash balance, which is interesting to look back on. You know, I, I um, it's, it was, it was a misread there. Um, but so, yeah, my, so I, I guess to, to echo the point, yeah, I, I always thought we were going to have this change of customer base somewhat, but, um, you know, I, it, my overall message is that it isn't just weak hands leaving. It's a case of people that are just had, have, have had a fairly dismal 2020 user experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, like, like I got, I got here a list of questions, right? I think that I, <laughs> I buy a player, right? I go, you know, why is he priced so low? What are his fixtures? Will they be implementing sell orders with one P bid zones? Will the company be robust enough to continue paying out dividends? Which teams could be dark horses this year? Which teams play big possession football and suit the matrix? Where is the media likely to focus their attention in the coming months? When are the liquidity providers getting on? You know, some of those questions are football based and they make get, like trading tricky enough on this platform. But some of these questions, you know, we shouldn't really be thinking about that. That was my point there. You know, we, there's a lot of thinking about the company and announcements versus just pure footballer chat. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about like why stuff is happening, how it's happening right now. Oh, what does that mean? That means like why the current state of the market is how it is. And I think um, I boil it down to a lack of incentive to buy from the market. I feel that is where the crux is. And if FI, I think, were brainstorming on Monday morning, um, they would have just been like, what is the driver of this? And I think they would have boiled it down to that question. Why isn't anyone uh, buying from the market? How do we make people buy from the market? It, do you agree with that statement? I do. I do. Um, I, focused, I focused a lot this week on you know my favourite three accounts at the moment. Lee B, Dunwell, and Perry. And I like to look at what they're saying in their tweets um, because I think they, they've got that high, they've got that intellect, you know, and they're, they're like really book smart. But they also, as I said, like maybe this is their, they can get into the sewer and understand the kind of lower end and how people maybe that don't use the platform loads are kind of thinking. And I think there's this identity crisis with it. So um, I think they're very some points on that, how to incentivize that blue button buying and it and it it's hard i mean i didn't think there's no real need to do it now is there because you always know with the knee-jerk nature of the platform there's going to be people you know uh throwing players out at, at certain points so you can just wait and pick up the bids yeah so so i mean so how do they incentivize it fig how do they incentivize it panda i don't I actually haven't brainstormed that or thought about it. I mean, I saw, actually, I should have a fourth favorite account of mine, just in terms of this whole discussion piece. I, there's so many great accounts, but Bishop, who I like, uh, you know, he put out a decent tweet. He's thinking about whether, you know, I think he put something out today about the stick is the 2% commission, but the carrot. So what, what carrot are you going to dangle to get people to hit that market buy button? Maybe you add an IPD waiting on the market buy button. I mean, I find it all, I find that type of thought a little bit gimmicky. I wonder if there's another way around it. Hmm. I what did think, Perry say? Did he talk about this with you on the podcast? He, uh, he I mean, we, we didn't really talk about that. No, expe- I think it was more about the kind of order book development. Yes. Um, he actually had a really good thread today, didn't he? 
Oh, another Speaking of Perry. I DM'd him about that and just said, you know, quite enjoy it. Applaud, just, just, just clapping. Yeah. Like when someone hits, bad, a, though, hits a century. With a, with a puppy and with my illness, I haven't actually listened to, I still haven't listened to your last two podcasts. So I'm being a bit, but anyway, but, um, so Perry was on that, so I still need to catch up. But How yeah, do we incentivize buy now? I suggest enhanced dividends for buy now versus bids, either through halving or removing IPDs for bids or increasing the oh, inflated window for buy yeah. now. Bids yeah. already uh, have any the advantage of buying at a discount. It's time buy now offered a benefit, which I think is pretty fair. And I think for mm. me, if I zone it in as well, like the issue is like that we don't have equilibrium between bids and buy now which I suppose is an issue. I mean, I've got loads of crazy ideas about how in the future if I could probably um, mint shares at lower and above the current buy price. Well, that, um, but that requires, and that was, wasn't that a theory we discussed two weeks ago, potentially? Maybe where, three weeks ago. Where you're going back to, you know, planting 600 or 900 FI shares at each penny down and up. Is that, that, that that's that theory? <clears> at it? a certain percentage up and down from yes. that market yeah, by yeah, price yeah. yes yeah, yeah. but they'd need they'd need proper traders in their building that would yes. like help them understand what their liabilities are yeah um like that wouldn't be done by like an accounting team you'd have to have like a proper robust oh, yeah. trading team which they might have i'm not too sure no you're, you're, <laughs> you're no no sorry don't. i was gonna say you know when you <laughs> when you said i'm not too no sure. they don't <laughs> i don't think they do but they might do yeah, no, I was just saying I don't know either. So, yeah, we don't know. I think, you know, there was a lot made about the kind of 2% commissions uh, and blah, blah, blah. I think I I was on record actually on the podcast saying that that will incentivize market buys, but that's only when spreads are tight and you well, have like upward, when you have yeah, like upward yeah. buy, buy pressure, if yeah, that makes to, sense. I have to hold my hands up. I mean, I, I wanted the 2% bid commission to be brought in, but then as time's gone on and the, and the, the way the market's developed and the trader kind of behavior and the market cycle we're in, I think it was a wise decision to suspend that. But like they should have done it or they, they either should have done it before or they should just leave it until the market kind of has an upturn because you need, I, I do believe it makes sense to have like that in its way is obviously getting FI more money through commissions, but it's also, um, uh, um it's also kind of incentivizing market buys but they do maybe need to do something to uh for market buys to be honest with you um i, I just the thing is right i think what, what um what was perry's i think he said something on the podcast where it was like a problem is only a problem until it has a solution or, or something along those lines and i think like when you boil down the root cause to what we've just discussed and fi are kind of like brainstorming a lot of things around what they could do um and i think bearing in mind it's very hard to guess what fi do so when we were talking about like the the last black sunday where we had kind of like 300 um 300 shares behind each buy price i don't know i think there there were a lot of theories and i don't think anyone hit the nail on the head is that fair in saying um like we speculated a lot like we talked about 300 turning into 900 or a thousand which yeah. did happen but the 1p below thing i don't think anyone had no they hadn't no no you're right i mean they could do something crazy like only allow that on on bids <laughs> as well yeah to, to me mechanically there are so many things they that they can do um it's it's just you know as as we are at the moment you know a little bit of disengagement and frustration but there are so many 
paths and, and tweaks they can make to, to find that balance, which is what it's going to be. Yeah, and then it's also about getting kind of market makers in um, or yeah, if I providing yeah, liquidity yeah. themselves. I mean, if you were them, would you be buying back some of these bet- bets? Well, I would be, but I question whether I'd be doing it overnight. I mean, we're seeing it a little bit haphazardly at the moment and people are then listing to try and get the market makers to buy their shares at full work and then they go in and undercutting and bidding, which is not a terrible thing. But, you know, if the market makers were not on the the ticker or they did it overnight through market closure, I wonder whether that would be more effective. But it just feels like a little bit haphazard, the market making at the moment, and all that's happening are people are using it to exit. It's not constant, is it? No, it's not it's not quite at the level I anticipated it would be. Um, and I don't think we're going to see that, as I say, until the lab stack fully launches with the, you know, the images, look at Perry and, and myself, you know, we put a couple of images out yesterday of what eight months ago, nine months ago, you know, they had the designs in and what it was going to look like. So this isn't the final version. So, um, but that's frustrating in itself, isn't it? And that comes back to what we say in COVID. So we don't need to repeat ourselves there. I think <laughs> Twitter's broken, you know. Is it I was really? Just, I was just trying to sneakily load up the questions, and I just can't. Don't know what's going on. Mine's okay. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shit. All right. Oh well, no! Might... Something. Oh no! Wrong. Oh no! This is. This oh is... no! Oh dear! Oh crikey! Damn. I wonder if I can get to it on my phone. No, I'm trying. <laughs> oh, we're screwed. Oh dear! Is it? Ah, oh, I mean. There's nothing we can do. We will have to... Oh, I've got the tweet. But it's not loading. It's not loading. Oh, no! The only one I've got is from Form Crunch, which is Panda, Break Dancing or BMX, which... I I don't think that's going to get us through the next half an hour. I mean, it would be Break Dancing anyway. We do have some good ones for the Discord, so I suppose... Should we start there while Twitter... When I I go for that ad break uh now which i'm going to do in just a second i'll also pull up the discord and we'll start on there and i hope to god <laughs> that twitter is fixed otherwise we're gonna have some angry fans aren't we panda we're gonna have some fuming fans and fuming i don't want fans that. well just <laughs> just before we move on i need to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by rising star football edition the board game of dreams where you have the chance to play out a footballer's career of your own win career points earn money and game fame all in the hope of defeating your rivals, having the greatest career and being crowned Rising Star Champion. The Kickstarter campaign is now live where you can score a copy of the game itself for just £30. There are also limited edition rewards available for Kickstarter uh, backers, so be sure to check them out. This comes from one of our own in the community who has been using who has been using some of their Football Index profits uh, to invest in their dream of creating a board game business, so be sure to visit Kickstarter and support the campaign today. Find out more on risingstarfootballedition.com. And I'll tell you what, the board looks excellent. I'm going to ask for a sample of this and have a board game as uh, the rule of six comes in lockdown and feedback we might even we could we could play it on air couldn't we yeah we talked about actually like with we're, we've been speculating about what our episode 50 special would be mm. um and it might be an in-person one who knows what the restrictions would be by that point you ever seen that um that clip of Stephen a smith walking into the basketball court giving him <laughs> half that's how i picture my entrance to be can you give me like this uh like musical entrance so I can walk in like with loud music and lights. But there wouldn't be cameras. It would just be me and you in a room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Recording. Okay. Okay, that um, work. But right. we might actually just play one of those games. We just might play a board game for our 50th. Yeah. Or we could do something like, 
50 tips on being a, a mogul or, a tr- or an elite trader. Yeah. For 50 episodes. Do you, do you know, it's interesting though. I saw a tweet yesterday about the elite traders. I don't even consider myself actually one of the best traders. It's, it's interesting. I think I'm a very good forecaster and a gambler. Hmm. But in terms of high frequency trading, I don't know if I kind of fall into that bracket. It's quite interesting. The kind of on the sliding, the sliding ruler between, I guess, gambler and trader. But that's for another hmm. show. Anyway, um, anyway, I, do you know what? You give Discord questions, and I've actually got some. I've got my notifications which have loaded, so I can actually go through and find some oh, questions. Oh, I left the lucky. page up. Luckily, you left the page up. Lucky man. So okay. we've got plenty oh, of questions. Maybe I can try that as well. No, nothing's loading for me. Oh, I've got a full page of notifications here, so I'm not letting my phone lock and then we can run through this. <laughs> Lucky bastard. Um, got a question here from F.I. and Tonic from the Discord, the Patreon Bloody Discord, tonic. which you can find out over on patreon.com forward slash F.I. Guide, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash F.I. Guide. Are you bored with receiving the same question every week regarding how to fix the market? <laughs> I am when I when we keep getting it wrong. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh no I'm not I'm not bored I don't I don't mind the question because things change week by week I mean the landscape's changing week by week so there is a bit of a need to kind of assess the latest update the latest thread from Perry or uh, Dunwell or whoever's put it out there so I don't I don't mind it too much I mean are you bored of it you get it Sunday and Thursday Sunday Monday Tuesday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday <laughs> you know it's I- it's tough because it's like <sighs> when I first started Fig the reason was that I started getting loads of questions. And I've said the story a hundred times, people. I've, I've done it on the um, uh, the betting for so, business podcast. So, as so well. is there a need to do it again? Yes, yes. <laughs> because I just want to underline it with two okay. underlines, actually. Okay. I started it. Oh, no, notifications aren't loading. Uh, I started it because I wanted a scalable way of trying to explain Football Index to people because I was mm. getting a lot of DMs mm. on Facebook and whatever mm. from mm. friends of friends that I didn't really speak to that much. And... I find it quite weird that whilst I've created a scalable way of explaining the index to people, <laughs> there's always forever going to be that nature where people DM me. Mm. And I've got a load of DMs that I need to respond to, like, you know, a ton uh, I that I will get to at some job. point. Yeah. But um, but I, I, you know, will I ever switch them off, Panda? I don't think I can. What, switch off your DMs? No, I don't think I will. Maybe at half a billion market cap. <laughs> There's no need for you. Maybe 100,000 followers. Let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, got a question here from Greels35, stupid Spurs fan. Um, who has impressed you so far this season in the Premier League? Oh, Harvey Barnes. We did a really good episode, really good podcast. We did. Um, where we spoke. We did. You don't know what I'm talking about yet. I know. I, I know. You, you compared Harvey Barnes to someone. And I don't oh, remember wow. who the someone you is. You remember. What yeah. I did is I ran a high level challenge where I picked yes. up some assists and goals and stat numbers. And I asked you to rank them in terms of English young forwards. So we had Sterling Sancho, I think, that come out on the top. But then, then we had a Grealish, um, we had Harvey Barnes, we had Todd Campwell, we had a few others. And Harvey Barnes was coming out really well. And I just really liked the footballer. Um, and Madison was getting the 75 million price tag. And I'm not saying Madison isn't going to end up having a better career than Harvey Barnes. But, you know, the, the data nerds and the geeks, they weren't picking out Harvey Barnes enough for my liking. And uh, I, I just think he's really, really an exciting prospect. So him and Calvert Lewin, who you know, I thought Cal- I thought Calvert Lewin was going to be in the England squad before COVID hit, and I was quite 
bullish on him and quite large. And then he unluckily missed out on that squad recall. So I'm happy he got it today. So those are the two for me, Fig. He's uh, he's looked really, really good. Um, Dominic Carver-Lewin. Like, really good. Yeah, really and good. you like Harvey Barnes? I like Harvey Barnes as well. I texted you straight away after the City game. I was like, I think he looked really, really good. Yeah. He... I feel like the way he strikes the ball is a bit weird to me. I've, I've, I, That's the yeah yeah. I get the, the, you know when we were talking about Callum Hudson Odoi and you know people keep making fun of me about gate, do, but I just look at the way that you. people he he kicks the ball and I don't like it and I don't like the way that Harvey Barnes kicks the ball kicks the ball. But I think he's mm, really good. Mm. Um, I tell you funny. I tell you a funny one with the stats community. I, I really don't mean to beat up on the the stats community are great. It's just some of them are very after timing. Um, Buendia, who they all love, you know that would be funny if he went to Turkey. <laughs> They're scratching their heads on this, you know. He is good he though, be... Wendy. He's a good player. I he think comes he's out well on the numbers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, uh, but um, like, even even when you watch him, even yeah, with the numbers aside, uh, I think he's a good player. I think he's he's good. Know, he's one of Norwich's better players. He's not. Oh no, he was. He was. was. Tyreek Lamptey at Brighton is the quality I've been yes. raving about him quite a lot. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know FI wise if he's amazing, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think that just keep getting good right backs. I mean, uh, Mane against Arsenal the other day was ridiculous, wasn't he? Even though he might have might have got sent off, it was like an orange card, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, that yeah. little that little chuck the elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else um, in the Premier League? I will tell you what, Villa have looked all right. Yeah, um, the signings are settled in quite nicely. Yeah. they had. Who they beat three 0 away? Um, Fulham, who are going oh, yeah, to come yeah, exactly. They're going to they're they're come decent. bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to come bottom. Fulham. Who else has been all right? Um, uh, I think, even though I hate Spurs, obviously, I think I like Giovanni Lacelso quite a lot. Yeah, I, I liked. I enjoyed his performances toward the back end of last year. And I tell you, Endombele, his highlights against Chelsea were decent. I, I love him. I was his gutted touches. when he went. To well, Spurs. I loved him. And then, you know, you have to question the mentality because yeah, you do. he struggled to fit in with not own. If it was just Jose, you could think, right, he's known to be quite abrasive, but he didn't really fit in with Pochettino either. So there's two coaches that have not got the best out of him. But a year in England, we've seen many players have a year to settle and be up and down and then find some consistency. So far too early to write him off. But um, yeah, Lo Celso and Endombele, you know, still high upside and high. They can still reach very high career arcs or high points. <laughs> um, right, I've got a question here from Football Index Italy, which says, Hi Panda, when will foci be over? So that's the coined phrase, fear of staying in. Will we ever see the top 20 prices being the same or higher than they were before Black Sunday? Well, I'll answer for Fig and myself, 100% they, we will. If yes, well, we said yes, when? Three months, six months, 12 months. Um, I, th- I think we discussed it at the start of the show and done a little bit of rambling about that, but I would suggest within three months, but that's on the assumptions that, you know, Labstack is fully bedded in and a cut a few extra market makers are signed up and the mechanics are tweaked. So I would say within three months. I would actually think that we might see a market upturn within three weeks. Right. Well, he didn't give me the option of three weeks, but that's very interesting. But yeah, I'd go with a three months option if I had to. Okay. Um, question here from Steve NUFC. How do players' prices go up without the introduction of market makers, big influx of new traders? We've kind of touched upon that, Steve. So, won't. yeah. Um, FI Johnny Bravo, uh, latest percentage on a Sancho transfer. Um, what about you, Fig? I'll let you go first. Like 38%. Wow. Yeah. 
people are going to laugh at me and I'm going to be here next week. And, you know, I'm happy to take all forms of stick. I'm, Please I, I, stick it on him. Yeah, I love, the, uh, you know, that's the thing. I've got a bit afraid. I've turned heel and if there's, if there's some accounts that I'm debating. I've got a close ally of mine, Turkey Twizzler, and I'm just debating, is it best to starve some accounts of oxygen and not give them the limelight or is it best to kind of try and correct them? Um, and I don't know the right approach for that yet because there are about 20 accounts that just do my head in. But uh, that was off at a tangent. Oh, yes. That was Sancho. a massive tangent. No, sorry. What I guess what I was saying there is there's like loads of accounts that I debate footballers with. And, you know, you can have a really good back and forth debate. Like, look at Kimmich. Many accounts that I debated with on him. And probably I've been proven wrong. But, you know, I, I do enjoy seeing all sides of an argument. But there are some which are just so stupid. But anyway, so Sancho, happy to get loads of abuse next week. I'm still up at about 85 to 90%. Yeah. Oh, wow. You probably think that's mad, don't you? I think that's... Uh, look, you know, I've just what was, what was seen... it when we talked about genius and madness being like... Yeah. I just haven't seen Fig, and people can flick forward a minute if they don't want to hear about Sanjo, but I just can't see a club that United have been involved for 18 months tracking this transfer. He's not going to be cheaper next year anyway, I don't think, post-COVID, and if he has a really good season and he's still got two years left. Um, they're scrambling now for names like Dembele and so huge drop-offs they're not fixing centre-back they're not doing DM that's next summer are they going to leave Sancho to summer 2021 and go after an elite centre-back and a defensive midfielder I just I can't work this out and they've agreed personal terms they've been dealing with Sancho consistently for the last six months they knew about the 2023 they know what price Dortmund require I just can't understand why they wouldn't get this deal done. And you're telling me they're going to fall 15 to 20 million pounds short. And then they've spent 40 on De Beek and say 12 to 15 on Tellers, you know, uh, and they're passing up a generational talent. I mean, I struggle I, to I, get my I, head I, in the board and why they would delay this. Um, they're just a terribly run club and they've, they've wasted yeah. a t- I was having a debate with a friend of ours, right? I was like, who apart from Bruno have United signed? since Robin Van Persie well, that's actually been listen, worth it. D- fair point, but I would not be bullish on this Sancho's transfer if you were, if you wound back the clock three, four years, because when you had the days of Falcao, Schweinsteiger, Zlatan, Alexis, you know, Di Maria, mercenaries with high wage packets that didn't necessarily want to be at the club, they were just awfully run under Van Gaal and Jose. Yeah. And they qualif- They finished second under Jose and they didn't back him. You know, they missed out on Alderweireld, Perisic. And I just think they would have learned from that. And there does seem to be a vision and a philosophy under yeah. Oli. You know, with, so we've said this. So, so that's why I just can't escape from feeling very confident and thinking <laughs> this is going to happen. And if it doesn't, look, I'll be here next week and everyone can throw <laughs> air, all the bits of mud on, on, on me that they want. Right. Um, what I was going to say as well was like I, I think I tweeted from my personal account that I really find it strange that Barcelona are trying to loan out a player who has two years left on his deal. Well, this is to buy yeah. Depay, who has one year left on his yeah. deal for thirty million euros. He's yeah. just come yeah. off the back of a really bad injury. He's older than Dembele, yeah. has less yeah. upside than Dembele. And United, like I don't understand the well, positives from Barcelona's this, standpoint. This in is loaning such a, him. This, this is such a fast. This is where you it's really weird. have elevated yourself because. <laughs> I've got a friend, the Wolf, who I've con- who I've messaged before. You, have, you know, you he's have. my go-to. He's got eyes, incredible eyes for the game, understands the transfer market. And you know, he was explaining to me, 
uh, a long time ago that for any deal, there are always three sides to it. You know, the buyer side needs to want it to happen. The player needs it to happen. And then the selling club need to happen. And so many people ignore one of those three crucial factors. And what I'm confused about with the Barcelona Dembele link is that Usman, Barcelona are going to loan him out for a year. He then comes back with only a year left on his contract. So Barcelona have lost all control and value of the asset in that instance. You know, it's a very it's crazy. Clumsy, it's a very clumsy deal to make, and that's why I just can't see it happening this late in the window. And I think it's just United scratching around. You know, looking at Saar, looking at some Plan Bs. You know, in if, he, if he doesn't sign a new contract, Dembele, and he gets loaned out. That's that's then right. The, mate. the yeah. best case scenario is he, he imagine he does amazingly at uh, United Absolutely. and, and what would we cast that as like fifteen goals and ten assists in all competitions? That would be yep. amazing for Dembele. Yep. Or ten goals, yep. ten assists. I think that would be a good return. You what you're gonna buy him for what, forty five million euros, fifty million euros? Maybe yep. at, at yep. best yep. with They've one year no left? Barcelona got no Barcelona, leverage. Oh, I just point. don't understand. It no. makes, it's I, just two badly run clubs yeah. trying to do business with each other. It's I, I think so. I mean Saar at Watford. I sort of get, you know, say they were to get Dan James out and say Dan James to Leeds, Saar in, I would argue that that's a net spend of about 10 million and Saar is probably a touch better than Dan James. And then Greenwood starts and Saar is your fourth choice. I can kind of see the logic in that, but I can't get my head around this Dembele situation at all. Yeah, weird. but yeah, um, okay. but but on that question, Grails on. also says, apart from Sancho, biggest transfer between now and the close of the European transfer window on Monday. <laughs> Oh, um, probably a midfielder at Arsenal. Yeah, Partey looks to be a touch late to get that done. So probably Hossamar, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, James Allen says here to you, think, when do you see the market botting them out? Similar question, then we think we've covered that, and you mentioned three weeks, I said within three months. Um Connor Skillen here says, uh, Fig, do you think FI going through an identity crisis of sorts? It appears we are moving more towards a trading platform whilst maintaining many of your traditional gamblers. Whilst the former gives product more legitimacy, the latter increases users. How is this addressed? So long story short there, Fig, you know, the identity crisis piece. Are you And I've been I, I think this was my take, right? This was the your first take, person. This was take. the first, no, the first person you, 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 to, to bring this, this up outrageous. was me. And it's <laughs> <laughs> just outrageous to me. No, but Carry genuinely, on. I think I wrote a, I think I wrote a blog post about it. Um, I'll try and dig it out. Well, I did, I did something about it, but I just, I think about, and this isn't like a, a month thing. This is like a two year thing where when FI introduced in play dividends and it went down badly at first because we all thought that USP of the bet was long-term and then we had the short-term thing come in. The next move that FI did was when they increased dividends in late 2019, they increased the long-term bet only and doubled down on that and said, we are a long-term bet. That is our USP, which is FI's USP. It's the reason they've got so much money in the platform. This is slightly different though. Um, This is like, you are building a platform now that facilitates short-term traders and long-term speculators. That's what I would, I would, I would then categorize gamblers in the latter category more so than the former one, uh, the former category more than the latter one, but they could also be converted to that longer-term bet, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
I was opening some letters there. I lost focus. <laughs> <laughs> I no, heard no. the crumpling. I was like, what the fuck is he no, doing? It, it says Weirdo. Here, do you have a letter? Do you have a letter knife? I've got a letter opener oh, next God. to my family crest branded wax. Um, it's, no, I don't really. It says here. This is a this is a very important red envelope letter about from the NHS. So I just wonder what it was. But um, oh, wow. No, no, I agree with you. The identity crisis. I, I kind of knew that I was going to agree with you, so I, I got distracted. So that's uh, <laughs> that's an outtake. But no, I think you're right on that. You've always been very good at that, and um, I agree. I think we highlighted the identity crisis. We spoke about it many times through the year. <laughs> Cheeky Hammer, who's just joined mm. the Discord. Uh, what do you think will have been the best and worst transfer this window in the Premier League looking back in a year's time? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'd like to answer that. I'd like to do a bit of a transfer special next Thursday. Okay. So I'm going to wait for the window to close on You're going to hold that one for next week. And then I'm going to answer that next week. because that Winners is- and losers. Yeah, that is. We can grade fun. each club. That's what I. That's what I said last week. I like doing that. I'm, I'm going to give them some gradings. Um, so that's a good question. I'll do that next week. This um, is a good question though from on. Index yep. Al from the yep. Discord. Yep. Let's, I want FI to sit back, not to do any promotions or offer any stimulus, and just let the market bottom out so it can rebound back, rebound back up rather than constantly propping up prices. Psychologically, I think a large hit followed by a small rise would be better than a slow and steady drop as we're experiencing yeah. now. Short term yeah, pain, yeah, long term yeah, gain. Yeah, yeah. I think this could be the best long term, but recognise I could be catastrophically wrong. Who, who who's asked that question? Uh, Index Al from the Discord. Okay, that really good question. So I think that I could well be wrong on here. So ASP, um, you know, friend of the show, put out a tweet that he would have liked Black Sunday to be left alone and for it to completely find its bottom and then start to climb up again and flush out all the people that want to leave. Now, I disagreed with that and I wanted the stabilizer to be put on. But what I'm seeing is that Rather than rip rip that Band-Aid off and have the pain on the Sunday, we're seeing it now spread over multiple weeks. So I I am now in the middle of thinking potentially ASP was right. I mean, to me, I thought it was, if you just leave Black Sunday and you let people, you know, you don't add the stabilizers on, that pain that you feel in 24 hours, seeing Sancho maybe get to a 7, 7.50, like the long-term damage of that might be quite, intense so and people were clambering for 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 stabilizers to be added but maybe asp and this guy al was right but the mechanism the mechanism was broken right well it was to some extent yeah so 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 whether a fair reflection but so whether whether asp or al are right or not like i would have had to do something at some point right that's a good point so so maybe i don't know i don't think promotions are the right thing but the mechanics need to be fixed yeah 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 i agree yeah, with I, you in that sense for sure yeah again it's what we always it's generally things aren't black and white there's always like you know a middle ground and i think asp had definitely some validity on that but equally there was there's some validity to say they need to stabilize while they fix the mechanics hmm. yeah go on you're up well said fig uh this is from underscore mcr underscore abc who is a man city fan who I've had a very good chat with Pep on over the last week. You know, I think oh. he's he's not one of those fans that buries his head in the sand like you at Arsenal. He's open to debate. I absolutely um, ripped <laughs> I ripped I ripped Pep and I ripped Dortmund on the State of Play podcast. Did you? Uh, yeah, this Sunday. Uh, I just I just still can't believe that they let Hakimi go. Um, I, oh, yeah, I had a debate. I mean, I keep saying if they'd sold Sancho at the beginning of the window, bought Hakimi uh, yeah, for forty yeah. million euros, you've got eighty million euros spent. I just don't want to get into it, but it's just disgusting. anyone that thinks that they've got 
ample money and they're sitting pretty doesn't understand that they would have they would have done anything to keep Hakimi. I mean, look at Mounier went through last night oh, all and God. skied it. He's he's awful. so shit. The the power. Like I can't tell you how important. Like if you're a club and you've got a player that fits your system, is settled, has chemistry, he's producing huge output down that right hand side. The second best right back in the world. Yeah, you keep Hakimi. You know, I was talking to somebody this week who, quite frankly, doesn't have a clue. <laughs> and, uh, was was going against that, but there you go. Um, now, is he one of the twenty accounts? <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, the Panda if Twenty. Pe- if people want me to name the Panda Twenty of who not to follow, then if I get enough traction for that, you know, I'll do it because I'm losing patience. But I need to talk to the Turkey Twizzler about it, right? Um, that's Mister. That's talking Turkey. Uh, you're given a seat on an FI board meeting tomorrow. Actually, I might skip this one because I think we've I think we've covered that. I'm afraid. Um, this is from Bisham. Do you think? A goalkeeper should get an in-play dividend if they save a penalty. The chances of getting them an assist or goal is slim, so clean sheet is the only in-play dividend. Penalty saves the IPD? No, because they count for big on... um, They count quite a lot on PB. Okay. Um, This is a tricky question. If I ask a few things, what character from a film best describes your short-term view and long-term view of Football Index? What the fuck is that question? Who's asked that? Uh, F.I. Oscar, the Academy Award. Just remind me after this to block him, because that is... What kind of question is that? <laughs> well, I think it's quite fun, but he's caught me off guard. Um, um, I mean, short-term character, maybe Michael Douglas's character from Falling Down, who's like having a nervous breakdown and an identity crisis. <laughs> you probably haven't seen that as an old film. No, uh, I haven't seen that. Long-term, um, maybe... Um, Spider-Man, who, you know, always achieves glory and has, <laughs> and has a good career. Spider-Man. I don't know. Okay. I've just tried to give the fan an answer. George Barnstable for Fig. Have either of you reshaped your pull after the order book announcement? Uh, it goes on. Uh, little bits. Not a lot. No, no. I, I haven't, George. I've kept... I followed the script. I followed the process. I've ignored the noise. Worst comes to worst on some of my holds and they drop three quid. I'll simply sell them and buy them back on a bid and recycle them for three years. So not, not too worried. Um, yeah. Any of you, any guns you can spot? Mm, got a question here from Rum Fat Boy Run, uh, oh, who is continuing his, his this is getting out of control. story. Um, after picking Scott Brown to be your new father-in-law next last week, the panda now finds himself in an all-exclusive holiday. Uh, inclusive holiday with the new Mrs. Panda and Scott Brown. While sipping a mojito, Scott turns to you and says, what? "You you pick the restaurant tonight, tonight, wee lady." But there's only what? two restaurants in the hotel: right. Delhi Ali, Delhi Ali's Ruby Murray, or B Delhi? Frank Ribery's German Sausage. I have to. Oh, that's clever. Delhi. He's 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 done it like New Delhi, the Delhi Ruby Murray, or B. But he's not got Indian Frank. descent, has he, Delhi Ali? N- no, he, you know he could have used delicatessen. But anyway, oh, fine. Deli, Deli Frank Ribery's German sausage. Where are you taking Scott Brown? Oh, I shouldn't even be spending more than 10 seconds on this, but I wrote it down. I'm trying to think seriously. Um, I don't really want to be seen in front of Scott Brown to be devouring a sausage um, because that might give off the wrong impression. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, no, if I'm, if I'm with, you know, the missus and, you know, I don't know how he might see that. So, I'd probably take Deli Ali's Ruby Murray, but then again, I'm worried that the Ruby Murray is going to underperform and underachieve and it's going to be, you know, lazy like the man himself. So I'll take him for the Ruby Murray. Okay. Fair. We had a good question from our friend Duncan on Twitter. Yeah. 
I can't find it though. Oh, by the way, is uh, Dunwell coming on soon? I no, don't know. I, he keeps flirting with the I'm idea. Desperate. It's a bit weird. I'm desperate to have some dialogue with him. I think it could be. Oh, should, I just, podcast. should I just sit out for a week next week? No, no, no. You can be there too. I haven't minded you too much recently, but um, <laughs> no, I think Dunwell could be just what we need for a week. But, oh, what's another thing? When's our road show? We're, we're, aren't we going on another podcast? Or is that uh, top, secret? top secret at the moment? Oh, well, okay, then fine. It's coming uh, up soon. Divi, Divi Rascal, have you or Fig ever sprinted out of a pod recording for a shit? Oh, good question, Divi. We haven't, have we? Uh, I have on the Sunday show, but for a wee. Like right. I, 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 some, most of the time, I tell you at the end of the podcast, I'm like, Panda, I've got to go straight away because yeah. I need a loo. But there was one time where I just couldn't, couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I don't think I have, luckily. But it wouldn't be an issue, but I haven't. Uh, Trader Tom says to me, how's the first week gone with the pup? It's been joyous. I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, anything is, it's been quite challenging in terms of the nights. So he first three nights slept with him downstairs in the crate. Now he's sleeping downstairs on his own for like eight hours he's lasting. But it does add a lot of discipline and regiment to your life. It isn't easy. But, it isn't um, easy. No, it's incredible. So um, is that, that most your, your full-time, full-time job now? Well, the missus slept down because, you know, I sleep um, in a single bed next to my son because he wakes up a lot. He's got some health problems. So mm. I, I'm upstairs and she was downstairs with the puppy. Like, what's her life become? But, um, <laughs> she's now moved upstairs to the master bedroom. And as I say, puppy's in the crate and happy and settled in quite nice, the family life, you know, sleeping on his back with his all four paws up in the air. It shows he's content in the environment. And we're started the training now. So, um, yeah, good fun. Mm. Have you got any more? Um, do, 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 do. Ulster asked me about Big Don. He said, seen today that Big Don has offloaded many shares in his premium holds, mainly Sancho and Trent. Have you, or are you contemplating doing the same? Um, I, I haven't actually. I spoke to Big Don today, funnily enough, but I, um, I haven't contemplated doing the same. No, I haven't offloaded any. I've actually been bidding and buying more Sancho. So, um, and I won't personally do an offload in a large bulk you know, like Don has, I'll, I'll personally, as I've said this many times, I'll leak them out at spikes to the market to recycle them. So, um, so what, what do price. you think his price settles that if he doesn't go to Dortmund? Well, uh, United? that's a great question. A friend of ours, a few friends said that if he doesn't sign, he'd probably go to about 10 pounds at Dortmund, which to me is maybe it will happen, but I think that would be a, a massive overreaction. Um, I, I'm thinking that he, People don't expect him to go, let's face it. So it feels like it's been built into the price that he's not going now. He's already dropped three quid from people. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe true. drops to 11, maybe 11.50. I don't think many people expect it to happen. Um, but what's interesting about the market and shows the the uh, excess of people leaving, right, Fig? We speak about storylines on Football Index. So one player goes up, but yet you don't find another one going down. And what's what's really scra- what I'm scratching my head over is Sancho drops from £15 to £12. That's fine. People don't think he's going to come. Very happy with that. What I can't understand is why Bruno and Greenwood aren't going up to counter that. Because if Sancho doesn't come, that makes Greenwood and um, Bruno better value holds in the short term for me. Because they're not going to have their media absorbed by Sancho, a British record transfer. So the fact that you've got Sancho dropping and Bruno and Greenwood, that just isn't very intelligent market science for me. Well, not that's the wrong phrase, but it just shows that 
there's just this, you know, intense downward pressure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you got any, any more? more for you? Uh, duh, 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 duh. Any more for G- any more? G Pirlo, gents, how's the dividend haul in September? Feel free to share. It's all positive. I mean, he's showing off here. Mr. Pirlo, you may have made loads of dividends, but I don't know how you're going to exit those holes. <laughs> <laughs> I have shorked up £4,000 in me, dividends, let me which check. is a lot more than I thought it was. Don and Pirlo have had an incredible dividend haul. Um, let me just quickly... It's a I'll lot, isn't it, that? £4,000. What, Damn. four thousand? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not too bad. I haven't I haven't chased the IPD at all, so I won't be that high. Let me just quickly check while you find another question, if there are any. If there aren't any. I was actually gonna ask G Pillow's one. Oh right, okay. Let me just put the filter on. First of September. This could be very low to the thirtieth of September. Dividends are £14,403. <laughs> That's not too bad. No, better than I thought, actually. But let me see what Augusts were. Do you have to do a forfeit if Sancho doesn't come, yeah. by the way? The f- come on, the forfeit is <laughs> losing money in a price swing of about £300,000. <laughs> do I need more of a forfeit as well? I have, have 50 questions all hammering me saying, how are you 90%? I'll have to wear that wall of shame. Yeah, what I will say in slight self-defence mechanism of that, the two transfer buyers I've made this year have been on players that are young and I just love them as footballers and I think they're going to do fine no matter what club they're at. Jude Bellingham and uh, Jaden Sancho. I didn't get involved in the... Um, in the in the messy one because I was concerned with his age and if he stayed in Spain for his whole career. So yeah, yeah. Jack, um, Jack Couchman is that a, oh, is that a real second name? Couch Couch Couchman like a, mm. like a sofa. Uh, is Fig a real short ass? And when will the market stabilise? The second one's been answered, but I think we need to dispel this myth, don't we, Panda? Well, uh, you know, I as I say, it was dark when we met. I don't know. We've met ta- more than once. Yeah. Both times considerably dark, and I don't know 100% if you had your orthopedic shoes on, and they've got some heel on them, or Cuban shoes, or Cuban heels. So I just can't <laughs> confirm or deny the stature of you. Oh, my um, word. I'm afraid. Uh, um, FI Spark, Pebble Beach, or Sandy Beach? He's Pebble. That's disgusting. I'm going to mute that him right now. That's just weird. I think, unless you've got a foot fetish and you like to rub your feet across the pebbles, you know, I think the only thing is, I guess, sand gets in between. Sand is awful to clean off, isn't it? And mm. you get it in the car and on your shoes. Why does Panda sound like Glenn Hoddle? You don't oh, sound like Glenn Hoddle. Jesus Glenn Christ. That's shocking, that is. Um, there is a little bit of a twing there, though. Like yeah, Glenn Hoddle-esque twing. I've, He's a terrible pundit, isn't he? Jesus they, Christ. Oh, he's so, they, he's so I, bad. I, oh, my word. I'm really surprised. Well, I'm not surprised, but it's well known that f- football players that have had high ability have struggled to go into coaching. Roy Keane, Glenn Hoddle, because the stories you hear about them are they can't relate to the players with less ability. And Glenn Hoddle was like, you know, he used to show them up in training by hitting 50 yard passes and landing it on a dime and he'd embarrass them. And he just didn't know how to get the best out of a, a bunch of lads. This is why Lee B to me is a class act because, you know, he can kind of tailor and Bring the best out of low ability people, but also high ability people. That's what being a leader is around. Surrounding yourself with high class people to learn from and being able to kind of, you know, match. Uh, well, I'm trying to stumble in my words here, but tailor 
your communication to get the best out of multiple uh, at, uh, intelligent species. <laughs> Mumble- <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Uh, you've, you've fucked that one up. I mean, you? Fu- but you know what I mean? Like Fergie was a master of man management. You know, yeah. being in a group of men in a locker room and bonding them and getting the best out of your star players, but also the players on the fringe of the squad. That's a, that's a unique trait. It's a, it's a skill. It's a skill. Can I ask one question to, to round us up? You can, and then from... I've got to go to the vet. Yes. Um, media overhaul. Likely right. announcement today from yep. what we saw from FI yesterday on Twitter. It's a shame that that's going to land like a damp squid, isn't it? Because it's supposed to be yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. A real shame. Um, will, it la- will it launch today? I don't know. I've got a feeling that they might announce details today, but it won't start until the first of next year or something. Ah, uh, I see. I don't know. Maybe. Let's see. Let's um, see. Also, what did you make of the bonus, the two-part bonus? Yeah, exciting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if people are playing more for the second one, so they're not buying and they're going to launch in the second one. I think the second one will have more impact. Um, the first bonus that we've seen that hasn't gone down very well, which is um, which is a slight shame, but yeah, a good, good, good healthy bonus and I'll be... I'll be looking to claim the max in both of them. Mm. Fair enough. Well, right. um, I think that's all he's got time for, isn't it, mate? An hour on the dot. I promise you. You promised me an hour. I promised you an hour today. And, and you've uh, got an hour, 30 seconds on the dot. There listeners. you go. And, and there won't be bookmarks in this one because I can't be fucked. And I haven't written no, anything down. I'm no, sorry. No. Um, I've enjoyed talking to you. I've got to go shower now and go to the vets. All right. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Uh, at sporting underscore panda. Wonderful. And you can find me at FI Guide, of course. Uh, have a great day, everyone. Remember this. Keep up is the good work, thing. A... <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a gambling platform that we're talking about for Index. So only bet what you can afford to lose and stop when the fun stops. Uh, please head over to the YouTube channel, check out the content there, sign up to the newsletter, go on the Patreon, sign up to the Patreon. People are still signing up, even in the downturn. So you know it's good when that's happening. Um, and yeah, generally, uh, take care, everyone, and have a good day. Thank you.